0: Hello, cryptonauts. Welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. Today we have Dimitri Helamond. Hello Dimitri, welcome. Hello Blockchain John. <laughs>
1: uh, thank you for having me here.
0: Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Um, okay, so you are a special guest today, and uh, I apologize in advance for the uh, stuff he knows that I have going on, but I'm going to do my best to make this episode the best possible, okay? All right, so, no worries. so the first question I'm going to ask you is the icebreaker question, and it is what is your favorite sport and why? My favorite
1: sport, um, myself, I've got as a hobby uh, boxing, and well, I'm kind of into strongman, uh, you know, like the guys like uh, Eddie Hall mm-hmm. and um, yeah, Hafthor, what he does, yeah, and you've got a big uh, American guy, uh, Sean Strength, well, yeah. them guys. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I watch it as Literally. well. Who's your favorite guy in strongman? Well,
1: I don't really have one specific favorite guy, but if I had to choose between the two, Sean Strength or Eddie Hall, um both got a certain vibe that I like. Yeah. Sean Strang is like, yeah.
0: They're really good relaxed mm-hmm. a
1: little bit and Eddie Hall is a little bit of a prankster, but yeah.
0: I- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have really good personalities, you know, uh, that's one of the things I like to watch as well. It's great all right cryptonauts obviously we got this going on this podcast going on we do have dimitri Helleman with us from gracious interest i appreciate you being here all right let's go ahead and get started with dimitri so dimitri you are let me just correct correct me if i'm wrong okay you are an educator on blockchain and cryptocurrencies correct
1: that's correct all right i try to teach people about cryptocurrency and blockchain the different kind of uh, consensus protocols which exist How to do fundamental analysis how to
0: do decent research etc etc okay that's interesting so let me ask you before before you got to this point now with gracious interest what did you do before Mm -hmm. before you got into crypto before you even heard of bitcoin or ethereum or dogecoin before everything crypto what did you do before that and what was that moment in time that went poof the crypto space was in your scope
1: well, uh, on before I was always into gaming, and more specifically in the Doom mod community. And I'm really talking about classic Doom, and well, starting to mod games like Project Brutality, uh, Brutal Doom, etc. So yeah, the bloody gore stuff, etc. And mm-hmm. well, with gaming I got some experience and knowledge where it concerns computers programming well naturally modding of games um, a variety of programming languages etc and i actually rolled into crypto during my well studies uh, academic studies on university um back in the day there was a guy who was interested in cryptocurrency and i'm really talking here in the period between 2009 2014 Um, To be more specific, uh, well, let's say 2010-2014, that's the period I was at university, and where Bitcoin and the idea of crypto was really incepted. Now, back then, I didn't really pay attention to it. By reason, I was still studying uh, for becoming an engineer, and, well, there was this one guy I was very um, befriended with guys who studied ICT, so uh, information communication technology, programmers, well, your typical nerds, if I may say so. Mm -hmm. There was this one guy um, who was involved with the very early Bitcoin forums. Uh, He was an active user there, etc. And we talked frequently about encryption because why not? I've always been a little bit of an anarchist when it came down to it so i was kind of interested in well censorship proof stuff and into cryptography uh, we talked about cryptocurrency and sometimes he gave me updates etc but i didn't really pay attention and well 2014 i graduated um moved away from home quite quickly even uh went living with uh, my best friend in well a shared apartment i stayed for several years but naturally with that came um financial trouble by reason well I didn't really have a reserve so I had to make well I had to go to work to earn money um to pay my bills etc etc and actually as any young guy mm-hmm. um who sees low financial means you start to look to make investments start or try to plan or try out things to make money And back then, it was about 2016, 2017, I was at a point where I was like, okay, I want to make investments into something which got a decent return. Um, Back in those days, I was also um, going to, uh, what's the word again? Uh, Sorry, guys, um, I'm not natively English, I'm Dutch, so pardon me, sometimes I need to search Mm. my words here. Okay. Um, I went to a Congress of um, Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki from oh, uh, yes. Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. and well, he gave me the basics towards uh, financial knowledge, uh, how to start your own company, etc. 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 And he brought me on the idea to try a variety of investments like peer-to-peer loans, uh, investing in gold and investing in assets. Um, back then, he didn't really speak of Bitcoin, etc. It's something that I eventually rolled in. By reason, I found notes from, well, my old friend uh, from back at university, where I took some notes about cryptography and therein lied uh, lay explained or written down the basics towards Bitcoin. And I started researching and I didn't immediately jump into it by reason. <clears throat> before I do something I always want to do a little observation analysis how things move and well it was 2016 2017 very first Bitcoin halving I was researching those things and at the meantime taking the advice from rigid Poor that uh, where it concerns stocks and options that if something goes up you're too late to buy in so I waited to buy in Uh, my bitcoin up until late 2018 no sorry uh after 2018 it was in 2019 that i bought my very first bitcoin but by then i had read the entire white paper and i was actively uh, exploring a variety of cryptocurrency like ethereum Uh, i wanted to say Peercoin uh was it uh, well the very first uh proof of stake uh based cryptocurrency and i do believe it was yeah pure uh, pure coin. Coin? yes yeah uh, so i'm correct there um so yeah i wrote, uh, read about it and did my first investment after the tremendous crash corrections in 2019 on bitcoin that's when i stepped in and i started doing more and more research really getting more and more into it now uh, as many of you know um i'm active on twitter and a variety of social media platforms and when I tried talking to people about cryptocurrency I saw and noticed a lot of people who were in it for investment purposes Mm -hmm. uh, but more like the hype crowd in the sense of they didn't do technical or fundamental analysis well Mm -hmm. I'm going to say they didn't do
0: their fundamental a lot of crypto bros right crypto bros
1: Indeed, all those lembros, uh I'm going to say, uh, the people who are like, who are saying, yeah, uh, this one's going to understand uh, times 100 times 1000. And I'm like, what's the reason?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. My reason, I know the fundamentals. And I know, if a project or a coin has decent fundamentals, <laughs> I know, it has a decent chance to go up. So all that hype brought, i was a little bit confused and well i started explaining to people like yeah no it's not going to happen because set set and uh, set reason
0: and well, there were on. plenty hold on dimitri yeah. let me let me ask you so how did you even jump into the whole uh like ta um um field because you kind of you kind of just that you just like all of a sudden now you're an expert in ta how did you how did you study that because uh, from from what troll. you what you explain is that you went to university in 2010 to be an engineer, right? And then you found right. a, you found a friend, a a, a, a friend that was uh, experimenting or or into the idea of crypto. So around uh, 2012, around I would say. Two-
1: yeah, that's correct.
0: Around 2012 is when uh, you really got into like uh, uh, it was. It, Bitcoin was in your, your field of view. Like you knew that it was, it existed, but you just didn't research it. Not until about 2016 is when you started to invest into it, or look, looking at investing into stuff. That's when you found your notes from your friend, right? That, that he wrote the mm-hmm. basic, the basic fundamentals of Bitcoin, right? That's correct. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, um, from you doing research, I mean, I'm not sure who you, who you studied under, but now you're an expert at TA. So how did this happen? Where did this transition like, just like that, you know?
1: Well, I'm not going to say I am an expert, mm-hmm. but I do want to say that I, well, self-taught myself okay. pretty much everything that there is that no. And it has been, uh, well, I've done that by starting to read white papers and doing my research. I mean, that I mean, mm-hmm. I, printed literally out the white paper of Bitcoin, yes. laid next to me, and uh, certain concepts uh, which are, well, uh, highly precise within the programming world, I started looking up, writing down the definitions, and uh, yeah, I believe uh, those papers are gone now, but um, it was an extensive white paper wherein all more complicated terms were being explained, and I learned myself on how things worked. And i not only did it with bitcoin before i invested in it i did it with other projects as well with ethereum Peercoin. Mm-hmm. um well uh pretty much all the other coins uh, i've done live streams about currently
0: it, and you're successful it's, at it right
1: i'm pretty successful uh with it now okay. i'm going to say it between brackets uh by reason not too many people are all too happy with fundamental analysis uh, by reason a lot of people want the hype. They want to, well, sell at a higher price, but of course they f- they fail to understand the entire basics behind a coin. Why things move the way they do? Because they don't and read the white paper. They, uh, didn't read the white paper, yeah. but fail to understand the organic movements behind it. And with that, I'm really meaning about um when, for example, the bull run happens. We know. That it occurs together with the Bitcoin evolving. Yeah, We know a project will become successful if it has a decent use case. If it has decent development going on, etc. Et and that's one so, of the reasons let, that I...
0: Let, let me ask you this, uh, just randomly. How did Dogecoin make it in the top 10 without a use case?
1: Uh, quite easy. It got overhyped and yeah. um, there was more or less a use case for it. In the sense that it was uh, being used as a tipping coin back on Reddit, uh, back before it uh, reached its limelight. And there was an enormous reserve of Dojo coin. And well, the hype did its work, I'm going to say. And plenty of people got attracted with thanks to Elon Musk uh, to Dojo coin. Yes. But at the same time, there were a lot of people who had Dojo coin through Reddit. Mm-hmm. And. Well, how is value established with cryptocurrency? It is simple. The uh, supply and demand. Now, I know with Dogecoin, the supply is in reality unlimited. However, demand started increasing due to the call out by Elon Musk and by the reason that Dogecoin suddenly got listed. Well, about everywhere on all exchanges, meaning a lot more people wanted their hands on Dogecoin. Yeah. If you take uh, now, for example, uh, the graph with it, and you compare it towards its all-time high, well, you will clearly see that it came crashing down tremendously, and it's now currently trading at a slightly higher level when compared to 2018 or the years prior, but that's something normal. It got overhyped in the recent bull run. and on the long term you will notice if the hype doesn't continue that it probably will come crashing down. However there's a certain pot of money involved which is stocked on the blockchain uh, which is being unable to move so there is a certain well low level it cannot uh, reach beyond. But in reality yeah hype works to a certain extent but it doesn't mean that the project itself is decent and that's something uh, which belongs to technical analysis. Mm-hmm. And that is to verify or to verify, um, to measure and more or less guess where the bottoms are and when things might explode or where, um, it's new high level will be. And yeah, it, it's kind of more complicated than I'm uh, trying to explain here.
0: No, uh, I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. So I want to get to, uh, your place where you live at, right? You live in Belgium, correct? Yeah, that's correct how's the economy going on over there uh
1: well as equally bad as in the rest of the world however not as bad as it does in the uk okay uh so we also got inflation um energy bills are getting extremely high here yes um i've got a bit of luck uh with my energy provider with uh, having special contracts but i know uh, starting next year, February somewhere, those contracts will come at an end, and I might oh, wow. be in slight trouble. But Are you I mining? know I can have... uh, I mine
0: a variety of coins. Yes. Mm, okay. Do you want to say what you mine, or you keep that confidential?
1: Uh, well, I'm going to share one, and that's uh, Helium
0: that I'm mining. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there is also one meme coin, uh, but just so I can do. A few giveaways and that's another coin
0: oh okay
1: so you... for the rest yeah i'm also running a few nodes uh ravencoin is one uh which you are familiar with if i'm not mistaken oh uh, yes and i also run a bitcoin node
0: bitcoin node do you uh, uh have them on like raspberry Pis, or what do you how are you running them
1: um the... well It's simply on my computer that I'm running them. Well, I've got two computers. I've got my home computer with which I game, etc. And I've got a separate laptop from my girlfriend. And uh, starting from next week, my wife uh, doesn't get married. Oh,
0: congratulations! (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Nice. And I've got an old laptop which is also running a Bitcoin node Uh uh, passively uh, next to me. So uh, it was one of her old laptops she doesn't use anymore. I cleaned it up, uh, rebooted it, and made sure to let it run a node.
0: Eh, it doesn't matter, you know. You're you're just gonna be my wife now. Just I'm just gonna take the computer. <laughs> no. Nah, uh, she, <laughs> just no, I gifted
1: her a yeah. tablet for her birthday last year, yeah. and uh, she said like, "Yeah, I can't use the computer anymore. Uh, you can mm. do whatever." Do it because uh, there's something with the battery which needs to be checked up, but. Uh, I made a few uh, adjustments and uh, now it stays plugged in. Isn't using all too much energy except for running the notes. So,
0: okay. Asi- aside from aside from being uh, married next week, what are you doing currently right now? So you gave us the history of, of, of how you got into the crypto space. So here's something that surprised me. You said you're still gaming, right? You're still gaming today. Like you're still doing games. What is your game that you're playing right now? What's, the, what's your popular game?
1: well um it switches uh depending on my fancy I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of terraria and I'm currently tr- uh, playing the Tmod loader so naturally still modding mm-hmm. um I've recently played some uh, Duke Nukem uh 3D uh, the 20, uh, 20th uh birth perf- well a year edition mm-hmm. uh, on Steam and yeah naturally uh doom if I can find a new web uh, to mod.
0: Have you heard of rust
1: i've heard the bunch i need to look it up once again uh, yeah. what it was about
0: so what's interesting about rust is that uh, one of the developers over in um ravencoin he uh he made he made a coin that's pegged to the rust game time so depending on how much time you play on on rust depending on how many trees you chop rocks you you break you, whether that be stone uh, iron or sulfur or um, how many like bears, and let me see what else, deer, how many animals you kill within the game, how many um, uh, uh, NPCs you kill in the game. Um, you you start to earn crypto coins within the game. Just you playing the games, which is kind of cool. I thought it was really cool that you can, and then you build up your house, right? To protect protect uh, yourself from elements.
1: Uh... Well, that's going to be a development in Web3 and uh, Metaverse. So blockchain gaming, I know, is uh, increasing in popularity. Yeah, but see, the, had, the, uh, the thing
0: the thing is, he didn't, he didn't make... What's really cool about this is that he didn't make Rust. Rust itself is already a game. You can just mod it, right? So all he did was just add a little mod to um, add tokens within it, an incentive to play on his server, right? So as you continue to play that, normally, you're earning tokens that goes into your MetaMask wallet.
1: Yeah, it's a cool concept i'm going to say um not immediately sorry if i'm remaining a slightly more passive here but okay. i've seen uh two through, through my live streams plenty of projects uh which are blockchain based gaming uh-huh. and it's both combination of um really games built upon a blockchain yes or games being linked like rust to a blockchain with some modding going on with as you said the tokens uh, being created based on the amount of sulfur, wood, etc. being yes. mined. So it isn't the very first time I'm uh, seeing something like what that the, one.
0: What other games do you know of? I'm always curious.
1: Uh, well, I had a few visitors in a Telegram channel. Um, which was the game called? It was something with uh, minibots. I know my co-host from uh, uh likes to talk about it. I don't know uh mm-hmm. how far it went i believe there's also a game uh called castle wars it's a classic one mm-hmm. uh, but i do believe there's also a uh, blockchain involved mm-hmm. uh well a version exists with uh, blockchain involved another one and that's from one of my more uh favorite projects it isn't really blockchain based gaming but you can earn nano by playing nano browser quest yeah. and it's really a game uh browser quest is uh, the original title you played on uh, mozilla firefox it's just a simple character two-dimensional indie game um you level up but nano made of well the two members from the community made an adjusted version whereby you need to earn certain achievements and those achievements lets you earn nano and if you Uh finish the game you defeat the boss you get a play out in your wallet interesting simple as that
0: so here's one of the first it. games. One of the first blockchain games I've played. Um, I, I no longer play it, and I'll explain to you why here in a bit. So it's called Ethermon. Of course, it's it's a game based off uh, the Ethereum blockchain. Um, mm-hmm. When Ethereum first came to fruition with the EVM, right? The uh, the Ethereum virtual machine. Um, a lot of developers started developing games on on uh, on Ethereum. Uh, one of them was Ethermon, and I personally like Pokemon. I'm a, I'm a Pokemon fanatic. I love Pokemon. So now with Ethermon, it's literally just a, a, a Ethereum monsters on the Ethereum blockchain. I was like, this is so cool. I can do this. I can battle them. I can train them. I can, make, I can level them up, make them stronger and stuff. That's so cool. And on top of that, they're mine. They're in my wallet. So I can trade them up on OpenSea if I wanted to, right? That was really mm-hmm. cool. I like that whole concept. So I would play a lot. You know, I was one of the first early guys uh, that got into the uh, Ethereum uh, ICO in the early days, so I, I was able to get a lot, a lot of Ethereum in the early days. Excuse me. Um, so playing, playing Ethermon was so fun to me because transaction fees at that time, before the whole you know big, big push up that everybody was using uh, Ethereum, I was literally paying three to ten cents per transaction, and that was so fun.
1: I love. Yeah, it. just for the. Those were the good days for Ethereum, when yeah. it uh, wasn't as uh, highly valuable as it is today, and that transaction fees were uh, and gas fees were still more or less manageable. Yeah. Uh, that's also one of the developments I've uh, actively seen, and, uh, well, yeah.
0: <coughs> I loved it. So well, I would we- always play that every single day. I would always level up my monsters and play on the adventures, and, you um, know, but obviously as the uh, transaction fees started to go up, it was costing me a dollar, a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, eighty dollars, a hundred dollars, three hundred dollars per transaction. I'm like, no, there is absolutely no way. No way am I going to pay three hundred dollars to play this. Yeah,
1: game. that's uh one of the things uh, about Ethereum. Um in the beginning when it was still proof of work, I always said it is a good decent second over it concerns market cap. However, since latest bull run and the final push towards transitioning towards proof of stake, the rollout of their uh, beacon chain in December 2020. At that point in time, I changed my stance and I said Ethereum is one big shit show. I am not getting banned for <laughs> uh, calling it like that. Well, uh, using curse words, but oh, yeah.
0: So, what do you think Ethereum- about this? since so we're talking about Ethereum. What, what's your what's your idea behind the whole uh, proof of work merging over to proof of stake?
1: that it's a BS in reality. Um, By reason, Proof-of-Work secured the blockchain fine, it made it work pretty fine. Um, The only trouble started with Ethereum getting such a high value and that a variety of governments and banks got interested into Ethereum. And at a certain point in time, you noticed with the EIP so the improvement mm-hmm. protocols that start to be rolled out that it was less about securing the blockchain and more about alienating the minus, seemingly making yes. it less secure, making it um, much less attractive to, well, normal retail users like you and I, um, which is definitely, um, reflected into the high gas fees during a bull run yes. and their unwillingness to fix such a simple issue and really alienating their fundamental basis, at that point I know something is going on. And with the final push towards a uh, transitioning of proof of stake, uh, with the rollout of the beacon chain, whereby to become a validator you need 30 to uh, to stake 32 Ethereum. Yes. At that point I know they want to have it more centralized. Mm -hmm. They want to have a better grasp of the blockchain, less people supporting it it so that they can start and a variety of articles have been written about it, um, with less validators and with less people supporting it like miners, censorship becomes a possibility on the Ethereum blockchain.
0: Well, now that and- there's no now that there's no miners on Ethereum, now it's all just validators. It, it apparently the SEC is trying to crack down on this whole Ethereum validator, uh, proof of stake validators, because. Uh, Chair, the chairman Gary Gensler is stating that uh, the majority, which is not the majority of stakers, which is like 46 to like 50 percent of the validators, are hosted within the United States. So, Gary Gensler, uh, the chairman of the SEC, is saying that uh, uh, because the majority of validators are within the states, the transactions that occur on the Ethereum blockchain are are resident to the United States. Therefore, anybody that's uh, creating transactions on the United, uh, on the Ethereum uh, virtual machine or, or on Ethereum are pretty much going to have to owe taxes uh, to the US, to the United States, which is, it just sounds uh, ridiculous to me, but I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? Did you hear about that? I heard about
1: it. I also find it ridiculous. However, um, he's got a point somewhere by reason uh plenty of people actually staked their ethereum not directly onto the ethereum blockchain but through exchanges and i'm really mentioning here kraken i believe binance also has the option yes and they are running their very own a variety of validators yes but it also implies um those validators are being run in (laughs) the places their headquarters are and coincidentally that happens to be the US yes so on that account I dare say yes he's got a point somewhere However, am I in favor of his opinion not really um by reason the SEC doesn't need to be involved with uh cryptocurrency when it comes down to it uh, they've got no business going on about it by reason well it is a separate market Um, Something they highly rejected, scoffed at, etc, but now that it has attained a trillion market cap in total, suddenly things become very interesting and naturally they want to leverage money out of it. Uh, What can we do about it? Not much, sadly enough. I'm not a fan of them getting involved, Uh, neither am I a fan of um, government saying, we need to introduce more regulations to get cryptocurrency more mainstream i'm against that statement entirely because i'm of the opinion the crypto market has been developing and innovating pretty much fine without such regulations sure there are uh, the scam groups the hype etc but anyone with a little bit of fundamental and technical knowledge can spot the scam and shit coins and evade them and it's really the poor suckers who mm. fall for uh, scams, in my opinion, uh, naturally. But at the same time, yeah, they will get involved. I have no questions about that one. So at this point, I also try to warn people by saying, look, um, withdraw your coins from exchanges. Keep as much in storage, in private storage, cold uh, storage yeah. as possible. And for the love of God please do not start cashing out back towards usd bitcoin was incepted and it's pretty much the title of the white paper a peer-to-peer electronic cash system use it as cash don't cash out towards uh, falling uh, an inflationary dollar or euro mm-hmm. just use bitcoin to make your payments that's the sanest uh, thing you can do especially now during bear markets mm-hmm. yeah. well, well okay uh, that last statement wasn't necessarily correct it's more interesting um profit wise to do it to, uh, to do it during a bull market bull but market yeah yeah you, yeah you catch my drift when i'm trying yeah. to point at yeah
0: <laughs> so let me ask you what do you think about cbdc so the 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 united states i just spent uh, an episode last week talking about um pretty much it's basically the 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 white house's white paper like no joke they went into detail i i created a whole episode on this uh, verbatim reading their articles of what they're planning on doing and it's literally trying to make a cbdc and they're outright telling the united the, the citizens of us that yeah get ready we're going to be we're researching it within the next 6 months we have uh, like 13 different agencies all uh, all together and all these all these great minds are coming out with a, the perfect solution to push out the best C- cbdc for the states what about you guys over in belgium are you guys considering uh, a cbdc uh
1: well there is consideration for a cbdc but it's on european level so uh, i know there are best cases in italy if i'm not mistaken, and they were i thought expanding to greece or spain one of Uh, both. So there are tests going on. However, uh, my stance on CBDCs uh, is quite negative and I don't want to see them. So I highly advise uh, almost all of my students and followers to stay as much clear of uh, CBDCs as possible and, well, retain your crypto like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Chainlink, Nano, whatever. And Here's the thing that I...
0: Here's the thing that i brought up on previous episodes what about a ubi a universal basic income you know people are struggling right now in the bear market people don't have enough money to really pay for food for i mean fuel is going up electricity is going up you know that people are not having enough money to pay for the regular living expenses right we're not talking about going and just spending luxuriously we're just talking about i need electricity i need water you know uh i need i need a roof over my head i need i need uh petrol for my vehicle to uh travel uh to commute right the basic fundamentals but when you don't have the actual income to to sustain you for those basic basic necessities the government says hey best buddy guess what we're going to start giving you a ubi a universal basic income which is approximately worth i don't know 250 dollars for free don't worry about it all you have to down all you have to do is download our wallet the, uh, the American, or uh, what's, what's the opposite of Chivo? Uh, let's, what, what's, I don't know. Let's call it, uh, let's call it the, the monkey wallet, <laughs> the monkey. Just download the monkey wallet, right? And then here's your, here's your, here's your $250 worth of CBDCs in this wallet, You know, all you have to do is KYC AML just for for your protection and for the protection of others. So we don't have any terrorists using this money illegally. Right. That's how they get you right at the beginning. They give you 250 or 500 dollars for free. Don't worry about every single month. It's going to go right into your wallet. You you use the CBDC at uh, at approved locations to buy your groceries, to pay for your bills. Why not? Right. That makes sense. People need the money. And the thing is, the masses will use that money, regardless of whether they they care about it being a CBDC. I think the majority of people that are not even in the space will not even care. They're so desperate that if the government gives them the money, they're going to take uh,
1: it. That's indeed true. And on that occasion, I'm going to highlight that people need to be smart um if money usable money is being thrown your way use it uh, accept it but do know the limitations that are connected towards it um if for example with that uh, monkey wallet as you said uh, like they say yeah it's your universal basic income and you could do that 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 and you can cover your bills with it it's all fine you can use it for that but for the love of God try to find alternative means alternative assets uh, that you can purchase, but they don't have any control over. And that's one of the reasons why I stepped into cryptocurrency by reason fairly early on in my, well, initial investigations and upon reading the Bitcoin white paper, where the current problems with the current, uh, traditional financial systems are involved, you quite clearly and easily see the shortcomings, uh, the control and the digitalization that they are trying to push the limitations and the censorship that can occur. And that's one of the major themes where it concerns Bitcoin and well blockchain-based technology. And the pushing forward of CBDCs, well, that thing hasn't been pushed forward because of blockchain technology. No, it is something which has been in the making for a very, very long time. I mean, um, I can start bashing on CBDCs or central bank digital currencies uh, any time of the day and quite easily but you need to understand, most of our current money is already digital fewer and fewer people are using cash money, and the transition towards the CBDC is actually just a flick of the switch away, uh, when it comes down to it, and well, that's one
0: on. reason. Did you say that more and more people are using cash money
1: yeah, no uh more and more people uh, No, fewer and fewer people are using cash money I mean, oh, might okay. have been yeah my
0: apologies okay I, I can agree with that i can agree with that because here's an example like literally two days ago two three days ago i was at walmart right everybody mm-hmm. there, there was you know all the self-checkout lines at walmart you know how you go just go just pay do it yourself i was waiting yeah. on, i was waiting that line and I, I just have like three things. That's why I'm at self-check. I'm like, yeah, yeah just go waiting, waiting, waiting. Every single line is, is just long. It's ridiculous. That's just how Walmart rush hour is. You know, just waiting and waiting. And while I'm waiting there at the line th- uh, behind three people for my lane to go up so I could be my turn. I noticed that there's one empty uh, self-checkout lane that nobody's using. Keep in mind, there's 13 or 14 of these self-checkout lanes. There, every single one of them is full. That's going down the food aisles. Each each lane has ten people in line. And then there's this one lane that nobody is at. There's a piece of paper that's there that says cash only. I was like, that's- are you serious? Nobody here out of the three hundred people that are waiting in line, nobody has cash? Now I don't have cash. I tap to pay, right? That's what I do. Uh that's ridiculous that's crazy. No that's that's mind blowing, but that's the reality we're living in now. And I think a lot of that, a lot of that was uh, exp- uh, was pretty much yeah expedited by uh, by Corona, right? You, you couldn't go to the bank, mm-hmm. you couldn't withdraw. You had to, you had to, you had to learn the digital ways, right? And that's why I think yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be more of a reality that, that that the CBDC is going to come to fruition. People are gonna naturally adopt it now. Keep in mind that it's already been been adopted in China, right? The China, El Salvador, they have their own CBDCs. They're already working with that stuff. Well, actually, sorry. My apologies. Salvador does not have their CBDC. They have Achievo Wallet, which accepts uh, Lightning Bitcoin. But still, you know, it's yeah. it's revolution. It's going on everywhere. Everyone, it's it's going to be adopted everywhere. So, it's one of those things like you said. Educate yourself, right? For every, the people that are listening, educate yourself. Understand what you're getting yourself into. And I personally agree with you. I would not support a CBDC backed by the government. Period. I, I actually any any anybody that's creating a CBDC, I would not. I would say stick with Bitcoin, stick with stable coins, right? Stay, stay, th- that, sh- that should do it. If you're going to go in that route, stay with that.
1: Well, I might even say I'm not even a fan of stable coins myself, unless they are backed by physical gold. If It's a stable coin, uh, which tries to imitate the value of the euro, the yen, uh, the great British pound or the US dollar. I'm not in support. And the reason is fairly simple. Just look at what happened to USDT, the Terra Luna stablecoin. That's something which can occur with any stablecoin. Tether, um, yeah, I wanted to say Tether is another example, but um, I'm going to make it more general. In order to have a stablecoin, you need a variety of assets backing it so that it can maintain its peg. And it's really a series of buying and selling of assets and technically also burning parts of the stablecoin in order to maintain such a peg generally the burning offset stablecoin doesn't occur they will always buy and sell assets which ones us dollars variety of stocks and options and a dpeg can occur at any point in time Uh, for example if the stock market like the last couple of weeks starts crashing tremendously Well, naturally, what do you need to do in order to maintain such a peg? Well, depending on the system and how it is built, it either needs to buy in additional stocks in order to compensate the losses or it needs to sell off aggressively, which is what occurred as the final switch with Terra Luna. And they dumped more than 80K. I believe uh, 80,000 Bitcoin straight onto the market, which brought everything crashing down. And that's something, it's a liability with the majority of stablecoins, and in a certain sense, I dare even say a stablecoin is as worse as a CBDC. However, one of the primary advantages of a stablecoin is that it still has a blockchain. Not all transactions are more or less transparent, but a variety of um, backing mechanisms naturally aren't blockchain-based and are more hidden. Towards the public, and that's one of the reasons why I try to educate to people to not blindly trust stablecoins. They are handy where it concerns trading, but where it concerns their build-up and their impact on the market, it can be very disastrous.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I know that's a quite controversial statement yeah. being made, but no, oh, it's it's, it's right. more or less a reality. <laughs>
0: We in which lot,
1: we live you know,
0: in. We have a lot of warfare yeah. going on around the around the nation, right? Currently, you know, you got Russia, Ukraine. You got people protesting around the world. You got the Iranians protesting. People in the states are protesting. There's a lot of people being being uh, sh- here locally in my area, and I live in the United States, man. Here, mm-hmm. uh, uh, people are getting shot like every single day. It's so it's so crazy that people here just turn their backs on on stuff like that. They they. Yeah, people are, like, people, are, people are like goldfish. Like, they, they, they literally see the activity going on. And, oh, my God, somebody got shot. Okay, what's for lunch today? It's like they, they really just, they're entertained by the incident at that moment, but then they're on after. It's like they don't really care. Like, okay, it's time to move on. Oh, there's somebody laying on the street because somebody jumped off the bridge. Well, I have to get home. I just got out of work. So somebody get the body off the road. It's like, what is going on with the world? And you got... The, you have warfare going on, and I, I'm just... I'm just trying to take it yeah, one day it's, at a time, man. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, the world is... Uh, I'm not going to say going to... is getting bad, but people are getting desynthesized at a variety of what was uh, previously very bad things, uh, murder, etc., etc., and, well, people get desynthesized, and... I believe with uh, COVID, things <coughs> didn't really better. People were more uh, ascribed to their own. They were locked uh, inside their homes. And the only things that they could do was either work or bore themselves to death with watching, well, plenty of social media, plenty of uh, news items, Netflix. which were all panicky and disastrous things indeed. And, well, that's also i've mentioned a few times uh in a few telegram channels i'm not surprised seeing the sudden downtrend of uh certain big tech companies like netflix amazon google etc by reason people have been locked up in their homes for about two years in two years time their uh stock value has doubled so seeing them draw back towards will well, uh, shrink with 50%, that's kind of natural. The people who are at home now are not back on the outside. They need to work. They are canceling their Netflix subscriptions, making less use of Amazon by reason. They aren't home 24-7, so it's a shrinking which was expected. So that's something I'm not all too surprised about, but naturally with making use of services of Netflix and Amazon, you had well 24 uh 24 uh seven streaming services well pushing a variety of news items and bad new uh, bad news things straight into your eyes and
0: yeah that's
1: a synthesized and that's what actually happening people have forgotten how to behave uh, when other people are around how to be uh, cordial and friendly
0: hmm. And that's that's the interesting thing about uh, like entertainment in general, regardless of where you get it from, whether it be Netflix, uh, TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, regardless of where you get your entertainment from. It's interesting how the uh, the built in artificial intelligence that's in that on the back end literally gives feeds you a spoon feeds you as a viewer or as a user of the platform the best Content that you you're that you are stimulated by, right? That you are entertained by, right? Everybody has their own little thing, but the AI built on the back end of these platforms know exactly what you like and will continuously feed you that stuff over and over and over and over again, just so you can stay, so just so they can retain you as much as possible on their platform. It's crazy. So when it comes to what you're saying, you know the the, the whole. Um, the news that's going on around the world. Yeah. It's going to feed you a specific viewpoint of what, what, uh, um, what you, what you prefer, right? It's, it's mind blowing, but is that the reality? Is that the reality of what's going on? I don't know.
1: It's always the reality. Uh, more and more people are now, uh, jacked into a variety of social media platforms and you need to understand social media platform is one huge echo chamber. Uh-huh. It's, well, derives well. Uh, it takes your content and spreads it out to more or less like-minded people, depending on your interests, but at the same time, it's going to funnel like-minded people or the echo of others who agree with you straight back towards you, towards your content. And that was one of the dangerous things where it concerns social media use during the COVID pandemic. A lot of people wanted to remain updated concerning the laws, regulations, and updates on how the pandemic was going on. And it strengthened the fear factor by meaning, well, the AI, AI, uh, artificial intelligence, saw that you were looking up, well, what was occurring in the world, uh, what was going on with COVID. And it started attracting a variety of news outlets straight back to you. It's an echo chamber. And it further highlighted um, the fear and the intensity of the entire experience of the lockdowns, etc. And due to that, there's a certain decentization going on. I mean, the, how to say, sayings and <laughs> posts that from a variety of people on social media. I was like, dude, are you serious? Um, I mean, from healthcare workers saying yeah and i won't treat someone who is unvaccinated i won't treat someone yada 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 and i'm going and i'm straight into my right and i was like i don't want to be rude you're a doctor but um what about hippocratic oath you've taken i mean some of the statements i saw passing by i was like you should give back your degree because what you're saying and what you want to do gets well Stands in contrast to said Hippocratic oath. And well, that's something that I'm still seeing to this day. A lot of people are hypocritic in their nature. And all comes down towards social media use and the echo chambers that it developed. Um, It it was one of the reasons uh, why I started my crypto blockchain educator channels doing live stream fundamental analysis and technical analysis. By reason, I'm not someone who watches TV often. I mean, I know who the Kardashians are just by reason that I'm browsing on Imgur and 9gag to wind down a little bit. And sometimes I see jokes popping up. Mm -hmm. But believe me, I've never seen any episode of them. I even have difficulties telling who is who and who the variety of sisters are. I only know about Kim, but I believe there are two or three sisters. And that's about it. And I know of um, pop culture is something slightly alien to me. I know what is going wrong, but I purposely try to focus on my interests. And currently, well, currently, my interests are cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and trying to lay down the fundamentals uh, of cryptocurrency and blockchain. A variety of consensus protocols work. How... Cryptocurrencies, a variety of cryptocurrency projects, how they work, how they've been built, how things function. And I know, well, uh, with some of my videos, I've received the ire of plenty of communities, mostly from people who jumped in for the hype, but didn't really do their research. And generally, in those live streams, it's me, well, involuntarily popping their bubbles um highlighting things that they oversaw and drawing conclusions they don't want you to make and they're saying yeah but you're uh, you have been um modifying the content on your videos no I didn't those are live streams everything you see on screen I am discovering at that point in time I might be searching for a variety of things like uh for example who's the team is the team doxed in the sense of can i verify who the ceo is ceo etc etc but that's about it uh for the rest i didn't do any pre-research i'm really showing on screen what they're telling placing it in a correct context well in the context they well like it is presented on screen really um it's kind of hard making things up on live stream and uh, drawing certain conclusions i mean all my live streams are for free to view for everyone i'm not getting paid for doing them so what is my gain if i were to talk positive <laughs> about the project or negatively if i don't get paid for it i mean i show the things as they are and that's not something all too well liked so yeah
0: so if somebody, uh, if somebody wants a TA in regards to a certain coin, can they reach reach out to you? Say, for example, somebody yes. wants a a TA for. Uh, I I'm not much into TAs or FAs or anything like that. I don't know much about that, so I probably have to watch some of your videos just to get a general understand. Actually, if you can make just a basic video of what F A and T A is all about, because I don't really know. I don't. I, I'm 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 more of a hodler kind of guy. You know, I just buy and I hodl um well
1: myself I'm not really into TA so in technical analysis with technical analysis to put it in the proper context I mean I'm not actively analyzing charts uh, through trading view drawing lines recognizing patterns I can do them I do them generally very briefly as an introduction towards the coin just to uh, show people like okay these are the current market conditions first i show bitcoin on um, how it's performing in the last couple of weeks or months before i get over towards the factual point i want to analyze just to get a grip is it uh following market trends or is it doing something separately because that's one of the very uh, first fundamental things you can verify if it does something else than the market movements why so that's the very first question you should ask yourself and after doing that technical analysis to see does it follow the market is there a deviation why why not etc I generally jump in uh start analyzing uh, if there's a contract is it a coin or a token um to get a little bit educational here uh a, I consider a cryptocurrency a coin if it has its very own blockchain mm-hmm. it is a token when it is built upon another blockchain for example um Com rocket is a token by reason it is based on the Binance smart chain. So it is a token.
0: What Bitcoin about, is, what about
1: yeah. XRP? Uh, XRP I need to verify. I double, uh, sorry, XRP is a token by reason. It has been pre-mined and, uh, hold in escrow. Um, it has its very own blockchain. Yes, but in this instance, it is one of those more special cases hmm. in a sense generally if it has a very own blockchain you can't do a pre-mint by reason uh with a decent distributed system and a decent decentralized system your distribution will also be well spread over time now what occurs with xrp they pre-mint everything They implemented a blockchain Uh to verify transactions in a certain decentralized manner, but they then saved the entire reserve in a variety of escrows and programmed a timing schedule. That's entirely different than how Bitcoin works. By reason, Uh if you've programmed the escrows with a multisig, well, uh, with a multisig signature, it implies you. Can have access to the escrow itself, meaning that you can um, modify the distribution behavior. Meaning there is a centralized entity that can meddle with it. Um, generally, with a blockchain, and that's getting real deeper here, and that's why I consider XRP more or less of a token. Okay. You can't have the pre-mint by reason it has been mined on beforehand and then afterwards the ledger or the blockchain was created with the necessary escrows that's not really how things should work that's taking additional extra steps to avoid well being labeled to security if i can be as blunt um here during the podcast i know i'm going to get some hate for that one also <laughs> oh, oh, uh, the yeah, sorry.
0: I wanted to ask you, um, it, you keep saying that it, it depends on if the token has a blockchain. So what do you mean by that? Like what to- what token out there does not have a blockchain? Can you give me an example?
1: Uh, well, CBDCs, for example, do not have their very own blockchain. That's a pretty easy example. Um, but with that, I want to say their very own native blockchain from which they can be mined, by which you can earn additional tokens by performing work. For example ethereum is a coin despite being a proof of stake and my um negative stance about them currently however their coins are still being mined in a sense through validators validators receive ethereum for the work they've done Mm. so that's more or less distributed (laughs) decentralized um, mining of your coins ethereum has its very own native blockchain yeah making it a proper coin however hmm. with xrp the difference lies that they have a blockchain but the ledger itself isn't really producing new xrp by reason the xrp itself it's was pre-, pre was mm-hmm. already created and saved afterwards mm-hmm. with a variety of mechanisms unleashing a variety of escrows but okay. those escrows still being able to be adjusted um why do I say still being able to adjust it well um I've had plenty of discussions with the ripple community and I know from what I'm saying here they will probably disagree up until the point that I'm going to say right now they said to me we can vote to burn the remaining supply in escrow something which you can't do with a proper coin it can only be done by a token Uh, henceforth xrp is a token
0: Ah, I see what you're saying now. Okay, how how about and by the way, XRP is ranked number six right now. CoinGecko at forty-seven cents, currently down two point four percent. Let me ask you, what about a a a token or coin that does not have a blockchain, such as Hedera Hashgraph?
1: Well, I didn't analyze this about them. Um, how to, uh, what were my conclusions again? Has been quite a long time. H bar. Yeah, I know them. I did an analysis uh, last year somewhere. Um Oh, con- yeah, you
0: did. Interesting. I wonder how that came yeah. out.
1: Um I believe I started up quite positively but ended on quite a miss. There were quite a few things um that I viewed as quite negative actually. Can't uh-huh. really remember the fundamentals anymore by reason um I'm up to 75 episodes. In the meantime, I've had plenty of people asking me about a variety of points and tokens in the meantime. Okay. And well, it's a hassle remembering over 100 no, points that's and fine. all their fundamentals in detail.
0: Okay. How about this? Let's go ahead and wrap, wrap up this episode. I do want to ask uh, if people are interested in, in, in getting in contact with you, where's the best way they can contact you? I noticed that you are very active in Twitter.
1: Indeed. Um, so I'm available on a variety of social media. Uh, Easiest is to DM me or uh, tag me on Twitter. I'm also available on YouTube, naturally, for all my live streams, so you can leave comments uh, underneath my videos. I generally respond quite quickly. I'm also on Getter, Rumble, and TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) And all of them I'm easily reachable if you just leave a comment on one of the videos. Twitter, most likely. um, If you send me a DM, I will respond.
0: Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Thank you, Dimitri, for being on the podcast, and congratulations on your marriage next week, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. 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 <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, Kryptonauts. Let's go ahead and pull up the coin tree here, real quick. Um, If you're interested in helping donate into our podcast to the C3 Media cause of bringing more people onto the podcast, I'd appreciate your little donations over uh, at our country. You can donate via uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, Raven, uh, Bat, a bunch of other coins. If you want to hang out with us, we do have a Discord, our YouTube channel. We have a Twitter, Twitch. And if you want to listen to to the podcast, we are on Spotify and Anchor. So with that said, until next time, Cryptonauts, Stack Sats, and Huddle. Adiós